0: Hey there, Wolt Chums. It is Catherine and Donald at We Only Look Thin. Hello. Uh, so we recorded this podcast episode before we learned of the passing of Meatloaf on January 20th. It was uh, maybe not great timing, uh, but we just wanted to let you know that we meant no disrespect in posting no. this when we did.
1: No, in fact, like, you know, I consider myself a fan. Like, I, I love the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which he was in, Fight Club, which yeah. he was in, um, and I have that album on vinyl, like, bad out of heck. Oh, wow. I'm not going <laughs> to say the actual title
0: (laughs) (laughs) no but you know i mean we use a lot of uh, gen x references in our podcast you might have noticed i don't know if you did but uh anyway we learned of his passing and it really kind of hit us and you know we have nothing but respect for uh, mr meatloaf and his work and uh, so this is sort of an homage to that anyway we hope you enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording it
1: enjoy Hello, and welcome to a Bat Out of Heck 2 episode <laughs> of We Only Look Thin. I am one of your hosts, Donald Weigel, and I have lost about 100 pounds. And with me, is, as always, is...
0: Catherine Weigel, Tiny Habits Coach, and I am uh, batting out of heck-a-doodle-doo. Whoa. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You always say, like, whatever you say, whatever I say is, like, the, the episode thing. And yeah. And you're like, I am also hecking out of a bat, yes. everyone. <laughs> yes, I do say. Yes,
1: bad out of heck to heck harder.
0: Yeah, uh we uh, had a little technical difficulty that nobody gets to hear.
1: Yeah, there's a version of this episode that we recorded the whole way through it was and delightful uh, insights uh, uh, that comedy. no one's going to hear, but this version is so much better. Oh
0: my gosh, it's going to be so great. It's going to
1: be so much better. Those
0: are positive affirmations that we have. Yeah. It sounded like maybe our first episode, it was like a tin can in a bathroom yeah. is what it sounded like.
1: Yeah, not uh, not our finest uh, sound quality hour, but here we are, sounding wonderful. We
0: are. Speaking of which, I'm just going to make this aside, everyone. If I If I call you, yeah. anybody, which very rarely happens because yeah. that's not what I use <laughs> I my phone for. I don't use my for. phone for that, yeah. No, that's not what my phone is for. If I call you and you're in the restroom for any reason, you're, yeah. you're getting an, a, a buffered analgesic. You're getting a... <laughs> A plaster, as they say, which is a Band-Aid in America. Right. And I call you. You do not answer that phone until you are out of the bathroom. Yeah.
1: there's. There, I'm no not calling reason. you about anything urgent enough. There's, no, you know, if I'm on fire, I'm not going to call you.
0: <laughs> yeah. No, it's not going to happen. You're not the call I'm going to make. Yeah. But don't don't feel like you need to answer the phone if you're in the restroom. And I call you. You can wait. I can wait. Everything can wait. You do what you need to do in that most sacred of rooms. But when I hear that hollow sounding Yeah, no, I
1: don't that's wanna, not good.
0: I, my imagination runs wild. But thank you for
1: answering the call <laughs> to listen to this podcast. Way to
0: get us back on track. Yes,
1: indeed. And uh, we are uh, the reason I, I mentioned Bad Out of Heck is because uh, we're doing a little thing on the, uh, the famous seventies uh recording artist Meat Loaf.
0: We are no weight loss and fitness and health mindset podcast has addressed Mr. Meat and his loaf. Yes. So we indeed. are going to yes. address that today.
1: Exactly. Uh you know, you don't You don't get this sort of reference on any other weight loss and fitness podcast. You might be
0: thanking your lucky stars that this is the only place it's happening.
1: So Mr. Meatloaf on his uh, uh, seminal album, (laughs) (laughs) his seminal album, uh, we uh, bat out of heck. Yeah, I was going to say, we we only only look thin. (laughs) His seminal album, (laughs) we only
0: look thin. Mr. Miyagi. Mr. uh, (laughs) Miyagi
1: on his album, we only look thin. Um, (laughs) He has a song called I'll Do Anything for Love. Love, but I won't do that. Well, we
0: we're switching it up. We're as we switching do. up.
1: I will do anything for Walt, but I won't do that.
0: Yeah, we usually try to stay away from seventies references. Yeah, uh, it wasn't our nation's best time. Not for so music. Much not
1: for music. No, there were lots of great films. Like the seventies is a fantastic film decade. But like, I was born at the tail end of of nineteen sixty nine, so I did the first ten years of my life in the seventies. <laughs>
0: did it like it was? I Quentin. did it. Yeah.
1: And I was somehow born deficient in the 70s music gene. Yeah. I, I just, you know, with the exception of like Led Zeppelin and, and a little bit of the punk rock towards the end of the decade, I like virtually nothing that came out during the 70s music wise.
0: But Mr. Meatloaf. And his, I Will Do Anything for Love, But I Won't Do That, which is a very long title, by the way. Yeah. I don't even know if that is Dashboard Light. I don't know what it is. Uh, I don't listen to that. I don't don't listen. Another reference. I don't listen to the song. I think
1: the actual title is Don't Let Your Meatloaf or Your Carrot Stick. (laughs)
0: Sure. You know, that old chestnut. Yeah. Uh, But uh, I like changing 80s and Gen X references into episode titles. And that is what we have done today, dear listener. So we are talking about what we will and will not do for Walt. And by Walt, we mean uh, health and your goals and fitness and that kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. So you may have said to yourself, I would do anything to get to my goal Oh my weight. gosh, anything. I would do anything. And then somebody is like, okay, how about some jumping jacks? Nope. And you're like, no, I will not do that.
0: <laughs> if that's what it takes, I don't yeah. have what it no, takes. No,
1: then I'm just not gonna ever hit my goal I, weight. I if know that's in
0: it. like first grade, someone was like, well, because celery takes more calories to eat than to burn. Or, I don't know what yeah. the math is, but I was like, yeah, no. well, I don't like celery, so I guess this is just what I'm gonna do. No,
1: we, we did not, turns out we did not have a lack of celery problem. Like no. I don't remember the last time I ate, I ate celery and I lost hundred pounds so he there. sure
0: did but so many plans and especially at this time of the year if you're listening to it when it is happening uh, in January January 1st. Tabula rasa, clean slate, fresh. Ooh, you dropped a little Latin on everyone. Fresh everything. New plan, new year, new planner, new everything. And you've got that new year motivation, that clean slate. Uh, But as BJ Fogg says in Tiny Habits. BJ
1: Fogg, famous behavioral scientist. And friend of the show. And friend of the show and and teacher of uh, the certified Tiny Habits coach, Catherine Weigel, that BJ
0: Fogg? that BJ Fogg. Wow. I feel like it's like in the uh, in the uh the Brady Bunch at one point, Don Drysdale, the baseball player, is in the episode. And they're yeah. like, Don Drysdale, player for the Dodgers. I'm like, like <laughs> Just, yeah,
1: for BJ anybody, Fog, who, anybody who behavioral know, scientist yeah. from
0: Stanford University. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> say, Mr. Fogg. <laughs> Gee, Mr. Fogg. Tell us about your tiny habits. Exactly. Uh, what were we saying? Oh, yeah, now I remember. Uh, BJ Fogg talks about riding the wave of motivation. Oh, motivation yeah. is a wave. Do you know what wave? Do people they wave and then they stop waving they
1: crash i thought you were gonna say "Yeah, sure
0: but you know a wave it's like oh look here it comes and you're gonna ride it oh boy and then the wave passes yeah and and
1: we've done entire episodes about motivation and how it's fleeting and you can't count on it and it's great to take advantage of it when it comes along but it's not motivation that got us to our goal weights it was building habits
0: yeah yeah and we didn't (laughs) Like, at the time, we were just doing tiny things. You don't have to say it like knew. it's so terrible. It's a good thing. No, it's a good thing. But we now we know that we have the uh, scientific backing of Dr. Mr. B.J. Fogg also yes, to, uh, to back us up on this. Well,
1: and speaking of science, because we love dropping the, uh, the the scientific knowledge on you, you were telling me earlier about some, uh, and by earlier, I mean <laughs> when we recorded this episode the first, the first time. time. I'm making it sound like I, like, never heard this oh, before. Oh,
0: didn't you uh, say something? Yeah,
1: you had some research regarding uh, New Year's resolutions yeah, and, and how long they last. That's what I was going
0: to say before I started talking about Don Drysdale from the Brady Bunch. <laughs> um, as you know, as many people know, we don't need science to back it up. Uh, that many New Year's resolutions start failing. They start stopping. About uh, around January 19th uh, the Mirror UK says it's about January 19th. Other studies say mid-February things start falling apart.
1: Yeah, for a lot of people it's like January 1st. It's like they're like, okay, I'm never going to do X again and then like they do X again on the 1st and they're like, well, I guess there's always next year.
0: 2023 is going to be my year everybody. But that whole thing of riding that wave of motivation we get the new planner, we get the new plan we do all the things that the plan says that we should do for a couple weeks and yeah. we can suspend the rest of our lives for a brief period of time. We feel like we finally have enough information, the knowledge, the new you know gadget or widget or whatever to get the plan going. And sure, for a couple of weeks, we can make it work. But so many plans plan on compliance. Yeah. And compliance is something that you have to do for like OSHA safety. It's not... <laughs> Or taxes, right? Yeah. But it's not a way to sustainably work in new lifestyle choices into your actual life. Our circumstances are all completely different. What Donald likes to eat and what I like to eat is very different. He's vegetarian. I am not a vegetarian. Yeah. So many different plans rely on following it exactly. Money back guarantee. You will lose weight. If you do exactly what we tell you to do and sure you can do that for a few weeks and maybe you've got more motivation than somebody else and you're still doing the plan and that's great. But what happens when your car breaks down and you can't get to the gym? What happens when all of the vegetables that you buy, the refrigerator dies and everything goes bad and then you can't do the thing or there's a salmonella situation and you can't eat romaine lettuce and now the plan is ruined. Or
1: what happens, you know, like me, this is a real life example. You, you like sort of white knuckle your way through a keto slash Atkins plan for, you know, eight months, a year, and then a group of people, you know, for an event that you can't miss, want to go to an Italian restaurant and and you're like, oh, well, it's only one thing of pasta. And then I just realize how much I miss pasta and I yeah. feel like I failed the plan because I, I ate one pasta meal and then I just go off the rails and gain 50 pounds back, which is a real life thing that happened to me.
0: Right. And we do that thing of like, well, I guess this just isn't the right time. At some point, things will die down. Right. And as soon as the season is over and whenever that happens, then I'll be able to do it. But it turns out compliance is not changing your actual lifestyle. Compliance is not you deciding what matters to you. And so many times, and I'll just said it I did Weight Watchers 20 times and gained 100 pounds in the process because every time I felt like I had to restart or I went off plan for a weekend or I was up on the scale, I would be, you know, stuck in this shame spiral and then quit and then wait for motivation again. Listen to 200 episodes of We Only Look Thin <laughs> to hear more about that. But we think that we have to comply, especially right now. They're all, you know, people on the interwebs uh, and the Webernets or whatever, whichever one you yeah, were on. I (laughs) on both
1: regularly. Oh,
0: excellent. So. Weight Watchers requires point compliance. Working out with a trainer, you've got to do it this way. You've got to burn it to earn it. Experts say, don't drink your calories. You've got to work out for 30 minutes a day. You've got to drink your body weight in water. You've got to do a miracle morning. you got to do these five things before you get started or yeah. you're a garbage person. And the minute we feel like we're not complying, I only did two out of the five miracle mornings. Obviously, I'm a garbage person because I just don't have the grit yeah. to get it it done. And I am a failure. But turns out we have the opportunity to make plans work for us.
1: Yeah. If you are just doing things you hate like over and over again, you're eventually going to stop doing them. And we also have this mentality that is drilled into us from the time we were a kid. I know I have it still with some things, and I have to catch myself on it all the time, that either you are all in or you're all out. Yeah. And there's there's no middle ground. You either exercise for 30 minutes. You do this exercise for 30 minutes. If you only have 29 minutes. Nope, don't
0: bother. Don't do it don't at all. Don't show up. Yeah. There's no way to do that. But I totally use that as an actual loophole. We're probably going to do another loophole episode because why not? <laughs> but that like – Well, they, you know, a 30-minute of cardio elevated, whatever. Well, I don't have that time, so I'm not going to do anything. Well, you've got to make fresh, you know, whole foods. Well, I don't have time for that, so I'm not going to do anything. And we actually use it as a way to keep us from making any changes at all. Because if I can't do 30, then I'm just going to do absolutely nothing until that magical time in my life where suddenly I have the 30 minutes to give. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know that we're all about making plans work for us. So this episode. Episode, the the rest of it, is going to be about really taking responsibility for where you are right now. Yeah. What you actually love yeah. and want to keep in your life, and what you will not do for Walt. Oh no, you will not do that. See, I made out about the meatloaf again.
1: Yeah. So and then there are plans that if you don't do exactly what they say, they they blame you. Yeah. For the problem, they don't blame the plan. They don't they don't have any room for adjustment. You were telling me about a a very famous plan that somebody you know was doing and they posted online and tagged the plan yeah. that they had modified it in some way. Yeah, like, and they were
0: happy about it. They're like, Hey, guess what? I'm doing this and I added this other part and it's a super duper day. And
1: the plan reached out to them and said, You cannot say that you're doing our plan if you're not, if you're modifying it in any way. Like, do not say that you're doing it because, you know we have a very specific, strict compliance, like, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like, it's like, makes me want to, you know, first of all, it sends me straight to rage. And, you know, third of all, it makes me just want to get rid of whatever planet is entirely.
0: Well, and that tells you that, If you don't do exactly what they tell you to do, that you're not doing it right. And anything that makes you, again, unless it's OSHA, you know, safety standards, which we're all about (laughs) safety. We love safety. Safety is our favorite thing. We
1: sure do. It is.
0: what is more freeing? Then being able to examine your actual life and put together a patchwork of plans that actually fit your lifestyle, your actual, not your ideal perfect, okay, I'm going to go on the biggest loser and not have any distractions for 90 days, your actual life with your actual things that you actually enjoy eating. How right. many times can I say actually? I don't even know how many times I can say that. But one of the things, and I mean, in that like negative feedback of you're doing it wrong, stop. Right. How is that motivating? Not, oh, wow, it's amazing that you've created your own thing using some of our principles. Yeah. That would have been maybe a more productive thing to say. And again, going back to Mr. B.J., Dr. Uh, B.J. Fogg, I yes. need to be better at speaking. At <laughs> <laughs> it,
1: it usually is a uh, a prerequisite on a podcast. Yeah, well, but, whatever. You get what you pay for. Yeah, um,
0: But B.J. Fogg says we change best by feeling good. Not by feeling bad. Yeah, and so many plans rely on us feeling bad. If you're not, no, you got to burn it to earn it. No pain, no gain like that whole deprivation thing is not a long-term lifestyle. Like, hey, I feel great about this. Actually, I don't. I feel terrible because I'm sad and I'm hungry and I want to stab my personal trainer, which are actual thoughts I've had in my brain before, which now the internet knows about.
1: For most of my adult life, I thought that the only way that I could ever lose weight to achieve my goal, to get to my goal weight, was to do a series of exercises that I hated doing to go to a place like the gym, which I hated going to, I hated virtually everything you could name about going to the gym. I hated it to eat a bunch of foods that I didn't like (laughs) to cut out all enjoyment out of all of it. And that that was how I was going to get there. And in hindsight, you know, how, how crazy is that? Well, you know, you you need to to just hate everything about your food and your movement in order to achieve your health and fitness goals it well, it just it, it's never going to last that way like there's no way that i would have been able to stick to it forever
0: well and i remember i mean ha 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 i'm laughing at your diabetes diagnosis when you <laughs> when you
1: oh it's hilarious the
0: the memory of it i no i actually felt really bad now we can laugh about it cuz it's been a long time yeah When the doctor was like, you need to cut out carbs, you need to cut out sugar, you yeah. need to cut out alcohol. And all of these, if if you're medically directed to stop doing certain things, we're not saying don't do that because that's really important. Right. But you saw it as this black cloak of darkness that was like, why should I even live anymore if right. I can't ever in my whole life again have anything delicious? And you were so sad and it was, was. so hard to see that. And we're not saying there might not be periods of time where great sacrifice is required, because that first year, you were really diligent. I was very proud of you.
1: No, and I I did cut out sugar for for that year, and I I lost 50 pounds-ish in that first year, and my numbers got better, and I figured out a way to slowly work those things back into my life.
0: Right. So just to say, like, Donald has maintained weight loss and has eaten those things again, but at the very start, he felt like it was just the end of... Of everything. Yeah, I was
1: afraid at the beginning to to you know let myself have any of it for fear that I would then let myself have all of it.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it was, it, but it was that all or nothing. Either I'm going to eat right. all of it or none of it. Exactly. And. Like B.J. Fogg says, we change best by feeling good, not by feeling bad. So the next part of this, I think hopefully some of this has resonated with with you all, but the next part we're sort of going to talk about is how you can actually lean into the things that you still enjoy and that you like and the things that you aren't willing to change and then the things that you are willing to change. Yeah, so we're going to do a lot of name dropping in this episode. So we're going to – we've dropped uh, Mr. BJ Fogg, but we are also going to drop a few other names. And the next one is – Well, when you
1: drop names and you pick them up again, it burns a lot of calories. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. No, but you
0: got to bend with your back.
1: Definitely. <laughs> And And then jerk straight up. Jerk straight up. Yeah, it's really good for it.
0: So last year, I started listening to a podcast called The Lazy Genius with Kendra Adachi. She also has a book by the same name. Ah. And one of her main principles is decide what matters to you about the thing you're doing. The reason I might want to do something or the things I like about a situation could be totally different than yours. And when we decide what we want to prioritize, we can then decide what is not important to us. So deciding what you actually love right now. Yeah. If you were looking at starting a new program or doing a program or there's something that requires you to eliminate certain things from your plan, what are you not willing to compromise? This is where we get back to Mr. Dr. Meatloaf where he talks about (laughs) doing anything for love. What will you do for your plan And what will you not do for your plan? That was not as good of a song title, which is why he stuck to the love analogy. I'm sure he was talking about fitness.
1: I think it still would have been a hit, but probably not as big a hit as it was. Yeah, probably.
0: So again, what do you love? What foods do you love? What parts of your day are like, are you a person who enjoys sleeping in? Do you like fast food? Do you like going, you know, eating prepackaged foods? Do you love your latte from Starbucks? Does that feel like an indulgence? Do you really like Coke? Is someone else is like, oh, just stop drinking Coke, and you're like, blah, blah.
1: yeah. Now Coke, we, when she says Coke, she means Coca Cola, not not cocaine. Oh
0: my gosh, <laughs> her daughter occasionally will say Coke, and she'll snake like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what do you know about? <laughs> okay, all right, why don't you go? Uh, so. What do you really like that you maybe can make some compromises on? We're not saying don't negotiate, but what is critical to you? Because if you're doing some Whole30 thing, which again is if you want to do it, that's super duper. But if you're like, oh, but I, I don't want to cut out Coca-Cola. Oh, but I don't want to cut out coffee. I did Atkins and lost 100 pounds and stopped drinking coffee. Worst year of my life and yeah. everyone else's life because I will never do that again. Yeah,
1: no, that wasn't fun no. for any but
0: of us. For me, there were times where I'm like, all right, I'm gonna have the the non-fat half and half. I'm gonna cut out all the things that I like to eat and just eat the sad versions. I have realized now half and half is something I will not compromise on. I yeah. know it seems really small, but it brings me a hundred calories of joy every day. And I work it into my plan. Some plans say don't drink any of your calories. For me, I prioritize those 100 calories of half and half every morning. They make me the person who is capable of doing all the other hard things.
1: And you'll hear people say things like, you can't still enjoy chips yeah. and and lose weight, or you can't have candy bars and still lose weight, or like you cut can't have- Cut fast food. Yeah, cut sugar out entirely. But I am here to tell you that I keep both of those things in my life, and I have managed to lose and maintain a 100-pound weight loss. And I did that by adjusting- the portion size. Yeah. I went, instead of eating a full-size candy bar, I ate a little fun-size candy bar, which is like 80 to 100 calories, and I managed to work that in my plan. I eat like a little tiny, um, you know, less than an ounce bag of chips that's like 150 calories, and I managed to fit that into my plan. And it makes me feel like I'm not depriving myself, like I can still enjoy those things and put them in my life. And so that when I come across them or or that I don't finally get so fed up that I end up with, you know, face deep in the Costco size bag version yeah, of it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Well, and I'm another expert. Here we go. More Uh-oh. experts. Uh-oh. Dr. Yoni Friedhoff, the author of The Diet Fix, he says, or to consider, what is the smallest amount of something that you love that you could have that you would feel happily satisfied? So for example, if you love going to McDonald's, Could you be satisfied with a Happy Meal instead of the Super McDouble or whatever it's called? That is what I have actually done in this process. I want to keep fast food in my life. I want to keep convenience foods in my life, but I can ratio down the portion to make it so that it's not forbidden or, you know, you know, off limits. For example, too, we have a policy now of if we go to Starbucks, we just stick to a tall drink. And you're still getting the thing. It's not the non-fat sad you know, crying tears version. It's the real thing, but it's just a smaller portion. If you're used to getting the big gulp of something, could you take it down to the kid size or the small and still be satisfied with the full delicious taste of it without as many calories because you're just cutting the portion back?
1: And, you know, another example of this is you will hear people say it's impossible to lose weight. It's impossible to get down to a goal weight without eating whole foods, without oh cooking gosh. everything from scratch. You gotta
0: have... if
1: that was the case, I would still be a 100 pounds overweight. And I looked at that and I'm just not willing to do that. So I had to figure out a way to eat, you know, the heat and eat foods that I mostly eat. And then... Work them into my life so that I could still maintain my health and fitness. And does that mean I don't eat whole foods? No, but I look at it and I add vegetables to my life by buying the pre chopped, pre washed vegetables that I'm able to just heat and eat, yeah. you know, without having to do all at work. Because if I was buying, you know, and I used to do this, I would get these, like, you know, all this stuff from the farmer's market, you know, whole heads of cauliflower and broccoli and, you know, green beans, whatever, and then the idea of coming home after work and trimming like green beans oh and gosh. washing them, and I'm like exhausted just you know, hearing about it. But if I buy those, the you know that are already washed in the bag, I just pop it in the microwave and it comes out. Then I can work that back into my life.
0: Well, and that's true. The person who buys the food isn't the same person who prepares the food. Yeah, it's a, it's a dangerous. I actually bought two heads of fennel the other day. They're yeah, sitting in the refrigerator right now. I'm not the person who was at Trader Joe's. was like, I'm going to make an orange <laughs> no. and fennel salad. That's exactly the kind of person I am. Yeah, that sounds so like we'll, you. We'll see if I eat it. Well, and I even forgot on the first time that we recorded this, I didn't even mention this. So you're getting the benefit of what I forgot to see, say. I
1: wasn't kidding when I said this episode was better than the first one we it did. Is.
0: So there was a point, I'm going to name names, uh, where my boss was doing Lindora. <laughs>
1: Your boss is named Boss? No.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to name names, boss <laughs> no lindor is the name boss is oh lindor is, the, is game. the name oh got it but she joined it and was like oh my gosh it's only whatever like $2000 like what a bargain for me yeah. it is But – so I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to do it too. That's going to be great. And I – they were like, okay, you're going to do a shot every week or or every day. You got to come in for the shot and you got to eat all of our pre-planned foods. Yeah. And as long as you comply – like this other woman lost 50 pounds and it was great. I didn't like any of the food. (laughs) Yeah. So you give $1,500 – because it's it sounds great. And then, oh, my gosh, I don't like any of the foods that they're suggesting. Yeah, that this sounds like a
1: sustainable way to, to for do me. it. But yeah. you already
0: gave them the money and all that. So, well, now, maybe I can just do the shots and maybe that'll work or whatever. But sort of putting the cart before the horse or the, the B12 needle before the rest of it right. or whatever, like that is not – a real, actual, sustainable program. And guess what? I didn't end up doing it. and I never did the thing, but sure did spend the money on it. That was great. Yeah. So this kind of goes back to that idea of what... Kind of patchwork can you create for yourself to make a plan or multiple plans work for you? We have said it before where we're, we sort of take the Unitarian Voltron, pull all the forces together to make a patchwork plan that fits who you are based on what you actually like and enjoy doing. The whole thing of like, we did Weight Watchers. There were lots of great things about Weight Watchers that yeah. we did.
1: Yeah, I mean, for example, it trained me to, to actually track my calories. Like, that was sort of my first exposure in my life to writing down, just writing down the foods that I ate.
0: Exactly. And for me, too, the idea of don't bring the devil home with you is a really big thing that has still stuck with me all of these years later. But for me, they penalize eating packaged foods in their plan right now. If I eat 120-calorie calories, cookie and they dock me seven to nine points for it, Right, like that does not work for me. But I can still take what does work, the idea of filling foods, vegetables, I can work that into my calorie tracking program and not feel like I'm being punished because I want to eat packaged foods because that's the lifestyle that I live.
1: Yeah. And similarly for me, you know, I don't I don't say that I do intermittent fasting because I don't follow the strict rules of intermittent fasting, but I do know that if I start eating food as late in the day as possible before I'm, you know, I wait as long as I can to have my first food of the day, I know that I have a better chance of staying under my calories if I don't start eating things, you know, first thing in the morning when I wake up, and that works for me.
0: Yeah. And Donald and I don't do the same thing. No. Like he's vegetarian. He eats much later in the day. And when I feel like I have to white knuckle to do exactly what he's doing, that's when resentment comes in. That's when secret eating comes in. So I've – learned over time that we can support one another and do totally different things and it's totally fine.
1: Yeah, we don't make food for each other. We yeah. don't eat the same meals. We rarely eat the same of anything throughout a day. Like we generally prepare our own stuff and try and eat about the same time when we can. But we are doing our own paths because not not everything works the same for both of us. Yeah,
0: and Donald can moderate his uh, candy and chips and that is not a skill that I have yet perfected. But I figured out ways to. To keep things in my life. So we'll kind of talk about that next. So again, the first step is decide what you love and how can you keep it in your life in a measured and controlled way? What is the smallest amount you could have? How could you we, – we did an episode called Pairing is Caring where we talk about keeping certain foods in your life, in your plan, but in a safe way. I do not bring uh, bagels home, but I do pair them with a haircut. Yeah, That's why I get so many haircuts. Uh, but the <laughs> – Sorry. Why do you get five haircuts a week? For bagels. Um, so again, what is the smallest amount you could have and still be happy? And then what do you hate about what you're doing? There are certain things that just feel like they're not sustainable that you resent, but we have ways to re-approach or approach them in a different way that can make it easier to do. So we can look at the intensity of a workout or a plan, the duration, the frequency, the time, the quantity, the volume. How could you you know, tweak a plan or many plans to fit your needs.
1: Or even more granular than that, let's just say that you're trying to follow a particular exercise video or a particular class, like you can modify what is happening to fit what is going to make you not hate it. (laughs) Yeah,
0: exactly. But I used to do that thing of, I really do enjoy yoga. But an hour long class is too much time. I don't have the attention span. I get tired. It's, you know, it's, it's too much money or whatever, but I can do five minutes at home and feel accomplished. And at some point, maybe I'll want to do a class, but for now, that five to 10 minutes at home works for me.
1: And if you feel like doing more, you can do more, but do, do what you can do without making yourself hate it. Because, you know, I know from experience, as soon as I started hating it, that would lead me to stopping.
0: Yeah. So how can you modify what you're doing? Can you swap something out? I'm going to take part of the whole 30 idea. I'm going to do part of Weight Watchers. I'm going to do calorie tracking. None of it is disordered. Yeah. What it is, is showing that you can take responsibility for making a plan work for you by taking components of lots of other plans.
1: And if you do something for a little while and you find out, well, it actually isn't going to work, you can do something else. You can try something else. Well,
0: and it doesn't mean that you're a failure. I mean, too, with, you know, even setting boundaries, which I didn't start working on until well into losing weight. I didn't realize I had a boundary problem. I thought I had a calorie problem. Yeah. I just let people boss me around. And I used to just you know, if a trainer told me to do something, I would do it and then plan their death, uh, which is not really a super <laughs> healthy way to manage. How
1: many calories does planning your trainer's death burn?
0: Yeah, but doing that thing of like he used to make me do jumping jacks and at 230 pounds with the, you know, proportions that I have. It was so painful to do them, but I was embarrassed to say no. I felt like I had to comply. And then I just thought about murder all the long day. But now I'm at a point, and maybe it's just because I'm older, that I feel emboldened to just say, like, I'm not doing jumping jacks. Like, if that's the plan, I'm not doing it. What else can we do that would get my heart rate up? What is something lower impact? And for so many years, I just lived by other people's, you know, and just randos, total well, randos. Like, oh, well, if you, you know, if you don't lose weight by the time you're 23, it's never going to happen. You right. can't, no, nobody can eat a pancake and lose weight. If you eat processed sugar, you're a garbage person. If you don't have a green smoothie, you look like you're going to. I'm just
1: envisioning you walking down a city street and like every few steps a stranger stops you and says one of these things as you're walking along. But it's true if I'm
0: walking down memory lane. I was just a composite of all of these, what you gotta do is, the only way to blah is, and they were just ill-informed. Knowing now, and again, maybe it's because I've hit perimenopause, I don't have much time left on this earth, man. Whoa, whoa. (laughs) No, but I'm just tired of listening to other, because I know something to be different. Right. I know that at this point, what can I get myself to do? What feels right to me today? We're not saying don't push yourself a little bit hard. Don't push yourself out of your comfort zone. But we often use all of these other plans as excuses to say, well, I can't work out for 30 minutes, so I'm not going to do anything. There is a big difference between no minutes and 30 minutes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, incremental steps in there.
0: Exactly. And, you know, part of this, too, and I I think if I'm being honest with myself, Part of me enjoyed that plans failed. Yeah. Part of me enjoyed saying, well, Weight Watchers doesn't work for me. Well, a gym doesn't work for me. Hit classes don't work for me. I tried Shake Meal Shake. That doesn't work for me. Right. And it gave me the excuse to just keep emotionally eating, stress eating, being overwhelmed, like being a victim of my life. Yeah. And it allowed me to get up to almost twice as much as I weigh right now. Because see, this plan doesn't work. See, I'm broken. See, I'm special. This doesn't work. But when we realize that we can take agency in our lives, stop being victims of the plans that don't work, and start actually building a plan for ourselves based on the people that we are, the foods that we enjoy, and the responsibility that we can take in our own lives, that's where the magic and the, the change actually happens. It feels feels really great to see this eclectic, you know, I keep saying patchwork. I feel like, I don't know, it's like a patchwork, of like, <laughs> like, like freaking Holly Hobby or something. Yeah. Like, But it feels really good to look at my day and see, wow, I'm taking a little bit of yoga with Adrian. Her mantra is find what feels good. Yoga is about feeling good, not about feeling bad. Yanni Friedhoff, BJ Fogg, like all of these different people pulling together the pieces that match who I am and what I need gives me agency and gives me the power to see growth potential and the change and like possibility of of additional progress in the future. And I know if we can do it, you can do it, too.
1: Yes, indeed. And uh, thank you for having the agency and the power to listen to We Only Look Thin, the show in which we said patchwork so many times, we've now been recategorized <laughs> as a quilting as a podcast. a quilting
0: podcast.
1: <laughs> if you enjoyed this quilting podcast, it's <laughs> we, <a planch.
0: laughs> we have
1: many other episodes uh, that you can check out wherever you found this one, and they are always available 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I won't keep going, on our website at weonlylookthin.com.
0: Yep, and if you are at weonlylookthin.com, you can head over to the link that says join our support group. Oh, yeah, do that. We have a support group called Wolt Place, We Only Look Thin Place. Yeah, It is a Facebook accountability group for women. It is not a weight loss plan. It is not a program. What it is is a safe place on the Internet to be supported and uh, inspired by other women Also on their health journeys, we have people counting macros, intuitive eating, weight watchers, calorie counting. We are a place to get inspiration and support from other women on their own weight loss journeys with totally different lifestyles, food likes and dislikes. But it is a place to be honest and to be supported. Uh, We have a newsletter. We've got weekly Zoom meetings. It's just a place for support and accountability. So if you'd like more information, you can go to our website. We have two different subscription options a month monthly plan with a three-day complimentary trial and a three-month plan with a seven-day complimentary trial to see if Wolt Place is right for you.
1: Yeah, please check it out. And, you know, relating it to the episode that we just recorded, you can bounce your ideas for things off of other people. And, you know, chances are somebody else in the group has tried it, gone through it, and can give you suggestions like how to make it work for you. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I like this plan, but I'm running into this thing. Like, how do you have you dealt with it? Like, People can give you really great ideas in that sense. No, for sure. Also, if you would like to interact with us on the social medias, you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at weonlylookthin, or if you feel like uh, typing us a little note uh, or a long note, you can reach out at weonlylookthin at gmail.com. We love getting episode suggestions from you. We've done uh, many episodes based on listener suggestions and questions. Uh, we also um, will answer your questions, and we love hearing from you.
0: Yep, and we also love hearing from you on Apple Podcast. If you could head over there and leave us a rating and review, not only does it boost our mood, but it also boosts our ratings and helps other people who are looking for inspiring podcasts like ours find us.
1: Yes, indeed. And if you know somebody who enjoys quilting or health and fitness, you might just want to tell them about uh, We Only Look Thin and say, hey, I heard this fantastic uh, quilting slash health and fitness podcast that you might also enjoy check it out
0: so if you are still wondering what 70s icon pop song we'll use in our next episode (laughs) just remember that donald and i are an an
1: inspiration
0: inspiration
1: the information that you hear on this podcast is for informational purposes only the hosts are not medical professionals